The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're talking Raz Slam and best ball leagues here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hope you'll join us. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with Todd Zola of Rotowire and Masters Ball. We're going to be focusing on best ball leagues today. We've talked so much about Roto, Todd. Good mm-hmm. to give uh, those best ball formats some love. Yeah. And there was a couple of uh, threads on Twitter, and this happens every year that. People, you know, complain that best ball doesn't get the coverage that it, you know, commensurate with the, you know, the number of people playing it. It, it, You know, people don't, a lot of people in the industry don't realize that 75% of people playing this game are playing points leagues. Maybe not best ball, but they're playing points leagues. So, but there's issues with, you know, best ball, Advice, if you will, because no two scoring systems are the same. We can talk general strategies and we're going to, but you can't, you know, when you hear a player in five by fives, ah, yeah, you know, Miles Straw. Well, you know, we, we can go on forever about Miles Straw and the speed and the lack of homers, but points is points in, in, in best ball and uh, points leagues. Not just that, fan tracks, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, NFBC, uh, RTS, they all have different systems. So you, you can't. Unless you're intimate with one system, you can't, you know, you can't compare two players, you know, in general, because we don't know the points system. So, uh, but we're going to do our best to talk general strategies and a little bit of humble bragging about our uh, first and second place Rasbalt teams come the season end. I don't know if I'm there yet, but your your team probably will be there. <laughs> you guys are flying along in your draft. Congratulations. You're oh. through what, 29 rounds? Yeah, we. I mean, I may be making a pick. Um, some, I mean, this. It's almost as if this peer pressure, and there isn't, but it feels like there's peer pressure because once the draft goes fast, you don't want to be the guy to slow it down. We're just, this is just a good room. You know, there's no pressure on anybody. Mm-hmm. Someone takes 10 minutes and they're apologizing and it's, you know, somewhat tongue in cheek. But uh, yeah, this, you know, I'm jinxing myself because now with karma, I the TGFBI, well, I just said the TGFBI. That's the, the, the TGFBI, no, the starts on. Because the T is the starts on Monday, and I'll probably be in a slow draft or slow slow room to make up for this one today. But we'll see. 
Yeah, I'm only through 10 rounds myself, but I admit I've kind of been slow on a couple picks too. So I'm kind of dragging down the average pick time. Uh, but yeah, you're through 28. I'm only through 10, but we'll still be uh, comparing teams, revealing our picks and whatnot. But you alluded to it, Todd. You know, in, in Roto, it's so important to have balance, especially if you're chasing an overall contest. Far less important in a points league or in a head-to-head league. And I, I generally say throw steals out the window because whatever points they're getting you, you know, it's not worth the trade-off from the other skills and the other stats. Do you kind of throw balance out the window as well in these leagues, or is it still important to have some shred of balance? No, no, no. Well, the, the only balance is hitters to pitchers. And kind of alluded to before, it depends on the scoring system. Fantrax is very heavy pitching. Uh, and NBC cut line and Razzlam, which we'll talk about, emulates the standard five by five. And I know pitching's getting boosted up in NFBC right now, but it's not the same. It's it's not to the same level in the best ball format. So, but uh, you talk about steals. I mean, points is points. You you take your expectation, you convert them to points. But the different, you know, so a guy who steals gets points, etc. I think, however because of the nature of the stolen base category, I think there's a little more variance. Like when you, pre- when you're projecting a home runs, you know, he's going to get between, let's say someone's going to get 20, right. You say between 17 and 23. I don't know if someone's going to get steals, 20 steals. You're like, well, he can get anywhere from 14 to 25. I think there's more of a range. So there's more downside. There's more upside, but between opportunity and your team is out of it. So you just don't want to run anymore or just the opposite that your team is out of it. So there's no reason not to run. There's, I think there's more variance around steel. So if you like to play it safe and just lock in players to give you points, give me the power. Yeah. It feels like in a Roto league, whenever your pick comes up where you're, you're going to be taking some speed, feels like you're always sacrificing something else for that speed, or there's at least some sort of trade off. I don't see, you know, the point in, in sacrificing anything for, for the steals uh, in a points league. I, I just feel like whatever they're worth, it's not enough to to compensate what you're losing in homers power and run scored. So at least generally that's the case, but let's uh, get into your, your pick so far in the Raz slam. Um, how did you start things off? Who was your first pick and where were you picking in your draft? Picking six. Now I posted my team, on my Twitter account, T-O-D-D-Z-O-L-A, if people want to follow along or go back to it. If you're if you're listening to us after we recorded it, you hit pause and go find it. But yeah, I picked, um, picking sixth, I picked Jose Ramirez, and I tried to do a somersault, but wasn't physically able. <laughs> yeah, you had to be pretty pumped getting a, the, the top third baseman there where you did. Yes. He, uh... Pretty darn good player. And that's a tough position to figure out. Obviously, in best ball, you're going to have a lot of options to potentially cover it. But you have to feel great knowing that your third base is going to be accounted for pretty much every week. Um, yep. Because he's a really, really good player. So then you went, what, Albies? And then Will Smith. So you were driving the early catcher train. The Yeah, I am a it, – it's not so much the points. It's, it's more of the format that – 12 team mix two catchers the 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 catcher bump is just silly mm-hmm. so it's a matter of playing with the market 
try to judge when the room is going to draft catchers. And the, I, I wanted, I kind of wanted Smith. Uh, I, I, I passed on Sal Perez who went, I believe in the second, I think there's a, I think there's some, some risk around Sal Perez. I think the power is real, but we just don't know how real. And is he going to play 160 games again, et cetera. So I wanted to go in on catching, but I didn't want to incur the, 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 the Sal Perez second round risk. So I was very, very happy when Will Smith was there in the third. I also took Will Smith of the Dodgers in the third in mine. Um, you know, and I'm coming around to, obviously this was a 12 team, you know, best ball, but you know, main events, Will Smith in the third, I'm, I'm open to it. Well, it, the best ball nature, I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not not into Will Smith in the third in the, in a main event in a, in a roto, but the other aspect of best ball. Now this isn't, this is, has nothing to do with the catcher bump. It's more best ball game theory is, you know, you're looking for players to excel and jump in your active lineup. Um, I think there's a better chance that one of your backup infielders or backup outfielders crutches it and makes the active lineup. than if you wait on catchers, and how you know how how often will a you know will a will a, will a low end catcher you know Tom Murphy I mean really have a great I want to I want to lock in really really good production from my catcher and let the luck help me in the other spots. I think Will Smith will be DHing quite a bit. Yep, too, there so is that too. Now uh... you took Will Smith. You said, did you do like I did and like every five minutes make sure you took the the catcher, not the pitcher. <laughs> no, because uh, <laughs> on the, my rosters uh, thing in the top right hand corner, I see Will Smith. I, I'm still paranoid. I'm catch. still checking to make sure the TGFBI standings haven't changed from 2019. <laughs> you got to be sure you came out on top, but I, I know you did, Todd. <laughs> um, but yeah, after Will Smith, I well before that, you went with uh, a third baseman. And a second baseman with your first two picks before Will Smith. No. Uh, well, a third baseman in Jose Ramirez. Right. And the second baseman in Albies. I went with back to back outfielders and Bryce Harper and Mookie Betts. Maybe Betts. Maybe I wish I could have that one back because maybe the steals, I overweighted them in my mind at that point. But uh, it kind of goes with a general draft philosophy I'm taking this year, and that's loading up on outfielders early. I know you could attack it with volume in a league like this, but I mean, even if I mean, you got five of those spots to fill every week, and even if some of your late guys hit in a given week, uh, I still think you're going to, if you have five really good outfielders, you're going to have a, a leg up on the competition. Yeah. I mean, we can go, you know, it's not all about me and my team, but people that take a look at it will see that outfield is definitely a weak spot. And it wasn't by design. It was just when Albies came up in the second round, I mean, I had him at the top of my list. And, yes, you can attack second base with volume, you know, get Colton Wong and Cesar Hernandez and Jonathan Scope and hope one of them has a really good week that week. But I, I, I kind of just – I didn't mind getting rid of what I consider the two hardest positions to fill, second base and third base, get them off the bat, get them off the board, and then, you know, fill in later. So I had no issues with it. And then it just turned out that – well, the the outfield, the really good outfielders were kind of gone, 
And I knew there was a pocket later where I'd be able to kind of like peg the outfielders kind of consecutively. Again, I'm not getting the guys that you get, but I will get, you know, I'm lacking a one and two. It's kind of like how I do pitching in Roto is I'm lack, I'm going to, you're going to beat me one and two, but I'm going to try to beat you three to five. I hear you. I mean, I think attacking outfield with volume can work, but I feel like even when things go right, I'm still going to have a leg up on most teams. And, uh, that may give me an edge over the f- course of a full season. Having Harper bets, and I took Bellinger as well. So yep. I feel like that's something I want to do in most leagues. Plus, my best year ever, the year I won the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I did the same thing. I went with, uh, I think, Yelich, Stanton, and or no, I think it was uh, J.D. Martinez, Stanton, and Yelich. So I went three straight outfielders, and that uh, worked pretty well. So. Yeah, I would say. So I'm going to try to do something similar because I feel like generally I've been undervaluing outfielders and ending up with too many platoon bats in the outfield. And that'll, uh, it's tough to make up that ground when you have too many part-time outfielders. So Todd, moving back to your particular draft, how did you follow up those first three picks? Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was, was next. And again, it was somewhat best player, highest ranked player available. But I just I like the volume. I like the consistency. I you know I want to I want to have someone that's going to lock down the spot, and then I will take chances to get my corner infield and utility that sort of thing. So I uh, I don't mind at all having a you know a Paul Goldschmidt. I should I should call it my draft to see what outfielders I may have passed on to to get a Goldschmidt. I think that would be an interesting an interesting to look at. So in the fourth round, going this way. So Mullins, Jimenez, and Springer kind of went right before me, and I probably would have gone there. The next pick was Starling Marte. What if he doesn't steal? Uh, the next pick is Byron Buxton. I know that the two of us are replacing lists on the on the on the fantasy radio show, but I'm not going to be picking up Byron Buxton. Sorry, You're not sorry, the guys. Buxton guy. Sorry, guys. Then then was Stanton. Then was Whit Merrifield, and then was Winker. So I think it's I think you can. There, I don't think there's an outfielder that you go like you went. Why didn't Zola take that outfielder instead of Paul Goldschmidt? Hmm. So I, I, maybe maybe Marte, who knows? But I think that I think that was justified at that point. Then you followed up with Javier Baez, and I'm wondering how you kind of weighed, you know, the the poor plate discipline and how he's affected by the. Uh, best ball scoring and the, the multi-positional eligibility he brings to the table. Well, I, you know, I'm, I pencil him in a shortstop. I did not have a shortstop yet. And, but he does have eligibility. I mean, we can talk general roster construction in a, in a best ball if you want a, a little bit later, but um, I guess I'm this. Sure. It, that was a pretty risky pick. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that for sure. Um, I think he's going to run in Detroit and, the, the power shouldn't be knocked down too much. I know that stolen base percentage isn't very good, but I don't think Detroit's going to care. So I think I think he was discounted a bit. He got to the point where the discount was enough for me to take the chance. So um, uh, I'm 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 okay. It's it's my riskiest pick so far. I went pretty ultra safe. So like I said, you kind of want to balance risk and safety. And let's see, in the fifth round. The next, uh, the next, the next shortstop was Corey Seager. I, I think you could justify taking. You know, you know, I didn't have to take a shortstop, right? I mean, you didn't, I could could have started my pitching. I could have. I didn't want to. I don't want to double up on second. I don't want to double up on third. 
but um, and I don't want to double up on first. I do want to go with a different position. Um, but you know, Merrifield was next, and then Altuve would have been a double up. Seager, I could have taken him. Winker, uh, I thought Winker was a little bit early. Um, you know, so I think he it's risky, but compared to what my choices were, I suppose I could have gone for Corey Seager, would have been the safer choice. Well, this is where you start building in some flexibility, though, and I think that is important to yeah. do in these. And, um, yeah, you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, you got Jose Ramirez, Albies, and then Baez. Paul Goldschmidt runs a little. At the start of the show, I mentioned that, you know, balance isn't really important, and I, I don't feel the trade off for steals is really worth it. And you were kind uh, during that conversation, but it feels like you're pretty. Uh, on the opposite end here. I mean, you you loaded up on steel, so you feel like well, they are worth the trade-off here. Well, keeping in mind that the scoring system emulates five by five, so again, so it's steals just, are really boosted up for the points. So right, so it's it's now the added risk is is I don't feel that Ramirez's stolen bases are at risk. I don't feel that Albie's stolen bases are at risk. Um, and they I, do uh, so much else that yeah, you know, uh, you know Baez I think is going to outsteal if you do a formulaic and just carry stolen base opportunities and carried over from the past. I think Baez may run more with Detroit, so it, it, that wasn't by plan. But I just, I, 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 yeah, sure, maybe there's a bit of risk because the you know, what, what if Ramirez tweaks his his groin, he can still bat, he can still hit for power, but he doesn't run. Well, his points per week aren't going to be quite as much, quite as high as they were previously. So I am taking on a bit of risk. Uh, I, sure, I'll, 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 I'll admit that for sure. Now, you didn't take your first pitcher until round six. I did something similar. I took my first in round five. But you think generally that's in the NFBC best ball, that's how things should go? You should load up with bats early and, and wait on pitching? I, I believe so. And it, this has more to do with, um, well, first, I mean, this isn't, this is the NFBC scoring. There are, like I mentioned, there are other formats whose pitchers relative to hitters are worth more. So I think it's a combination of the scoring and the best ball. Now, nine is a lot of pitching. So, you know, to be able to, to you're not going to, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to draft 17 or 18 pitchers. So, you know, there's going to be injuries. So, you know, this guy gets hot and jumps in my lineup. I mean, a lot of these guys have to be in there every week. So it's not quite the same, but with the best ball, you still can, you still can draft. Uh, I don't know Jordan Lyles. He's going to have five good games. He'll be in my lineup five weeks. You know, we joke about Baltimore and the home runs, etc. You know, I, you can still draft these pretty pretty terrible pitchers. But all I'm looking for is five or six good games, and they're in my lineup. That hopefully it's not a two start week, and they have a a cruddy cruddy second start and, and bring it back down. But the the point being. Um, I think you can attack pitching with volume, and yeah, I feel uh, better about attacking pitching with volume than I do say five and, outfield spots. And the other, yeah, I agree, and I kind of do them both. <laughs> the yeah. other factor, we are so tuned in right now to draft and hold. There are a couple of fab sessions in this league. Yeah, right? two, right? Yeah, so there will be emerging pitching and emerging outfielders. Uh, they'll be merging everywhere, but I think those are the two spots where we may see more emerge. Um, I didn't think of this till you know well into the draft, but you know I'm passing on 
Blake Trinan because I don't know if he's closing. Well, that was dumb because it was a discount on him. And if he doesn't close, I can drop him. Whereas in the draft and hold, you know, you can't draft him. Yeah, so it took me a little bit to like, oh, darn it. And um, that's why I picked up Craig Kimber a little bit later. But uh, yeah, so that's we have to sort of shift gears a bit and realize that you can replace, you can take some shots. There's an opportunity cost of what else you could have gotten, but it's not it's not a zero all year long. Nice. Well, before we move on, we will pause momentarily to bring you a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by WinBet. Glad to have you with us on this Friday. Talking Raz Slam and best ball leagues at large. Uh, my draft, Todd, I was picking from the eight hole. I mentioned I went Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Will Smith. Then I took Xander Bogarts. Then Liam Hendricks was still there in the fifth. So I thought, you know, honestly, I maybe I misvalued uh, closers a little bit. 
I was winging it a little bit, but I thought maybe, man, Liam Hendricks is still there. I went that route, and then Josh Hader was still there on the way back. So I went Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, 5-6. You didn't pay for one of those top closers, but you did find a pocket closers that you liked, Emmanuel Classe, uh, Will Smith in Atlanta, Kenley Jansen. Generally, how do you value closers in a league like this? Are we um, – making too much of a correction and, and bumping them down from a, a standard lead? Um, I think so. Now, the way I approach it is I don't want just one or two closers. If I'm going to go the closer route, I want four or five because they're, you know, they get what, 35 saves a year. There's going to be a week to get three. There's going to be weeks to get zero, yeah. right? The weeks to get three, they're, they're in your lineup. Super valuable. Yeah. yeah. And so if you have enough of them, they will be, you know, two or three, if you have five or maybe two that are, like you say, they, they get multiple saves that week. So if I just have one or two and they both, you know, get zero saves or whatever it might be, now I'm, I'm relying on my starters to pick up the, uh, to pick up the back end. And that's a little nerve wracking, but if I've got four or five and I consider pretty guard, pretty good closers, I'm fairly confident that two of them, three of them will make my lineup. So I'm kind of a all or nothing guy when it comes to closers. And you alluded to it before. They get they get discounted in this format. If I find that I can take advantage of the soft room as far as closers go, I will jump all over it. So um that's yeah, that's I'm so that used was, to seeing Hendricks and Hader go two, three, even one, two turn in some. Uh, crazy yeah. leagues that when they were there five six i thought because they do so much else for you besides get saved uh, right now especially in this, in this in this format right yeah. um i wasn't against taking them but i just think people took them a little ahead of me yeah i guess in my mind i just was kind of shocked to see them still there and i just there were some other options i liked on the board offensively but i i didn't have a pitcher yet after four and i thought instead of getting one of these you know, good but not great starters. Maybe I'll just go the elite reliever yeah. route in this league. Let me, let me control F Hater and see where he went in my. So he went in the sixth. Yeah, I got so, him in the sixth too. So right. So I and Hendricks went in the sixth. Now they went before. No, they they hadn't. I, it was the comeback, so I hadn't drafted yet in the sixth. I would have taken them over Nola, but they both went. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, I like that combo. Then my first starter was Dylan Cease, like another guy who, you know, high whip, but I think in a league like this with the Ks and uh, that division, I'm just getting his best starts, not getting his worst. So give me Dylan Cease in this format. I, I love him in this format. Yeah, you're you're not looking to balance the categories where, oh, no, high whip, I get it, you know, but he has a low yeah. ERA. The, the run prevention helps your points to offset the a little bit more traffic. So, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like his command will leave him on occasion. There'll probably be a few bumps in the road that are really ugly and maybe skew things. But if I'm just getting his best, like 20 starts, I love and a couple that. And I don't have to be... think about it. You know, I don't have to think about maybe I use them in a tough matchup. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Right. And a couple of those are going to be 14 strikeouts, right? Where yeah. you just, you know, you know, just rules the lineup that week. I'm wondering, Todd. Did you draft Cody Bellinger in any leagues? I'm not seeing him on your Raz Slam team, but I do uh, not. No, I do, do not, not believe have I have Bellinger yet. I am not. I am. 
I am Team Yelly over Team Team Belly over Team Yelly. Yeah, but I don't happen to have either of them yet. I haven't done as many drafts. Um, I don't know. So Bellinger went the last pick in the sixth round here. I got him in the seventh. Yeah, so sounds about right. Um, and I think it has to do with I've mentioned it a few times. I'm not drafting pitching early, so these are the rounds where I'm trying to, you know, I'm gonna, you know not do so well starting one and two, but this is where I need to pick up my, my pitching and it, it, not so much this draft, but in, 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 in five by five, I'm looking at Alec Manoa here. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at uh, starters, Sean Manaya. I'm looking at pl- pitchers like that where Bellinger is usually going. Yeah. And these best ball leagues now, granted, these aren't really you know, in my wheelhouse necessarily. These aren't my, uh, my strong suit, but Man, I, I like the idea of uh, grabbing grabbing a guy like Bellinger and, and getting pitchers in this range after you you load up with bats early. I, I like getting into the starters in this range, but I also I think I'm going to make room for Bellinger in more leagues because this is the first team I've drafted him on. But I'm kind of buying into uh, him, like maybe not best shape of his life, but having like a good off season and kind of turning things around a little bit for himself. So. I think Bellinger is going to be on my list uh, moving forward. You yeah. mentioned Manoa. I got him in the 10th. And another guy like with Cease where, you know, there'll probably be some some bad bumps in the road, but uh, give me the uh, the upside with his good starts. No, no I'm, I'm all over Alec Manoa this year because, again, when more of five-by-five five strategy, when I'm not taking the Garrett Coles and the Walker Buellers, I'm behind in strikeouts. I can manage the ratios to catch up, but you have to. I need I need strikeout pitchers a little bit later on. Of course, they have they're more ratio risk, but so to make up for strike to make up the the strikeouts, I have to draft them and then try to manage the ratios down. So Manoa has been a pretty steady a uh, pretty steady target in the, in the drafts that I've done. So looking at your pitching stuff, you got Nola Barrios, Emmanuel Classe, Sean Manaya. You got both Will Smiths, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Ober, who I know you've been touting. Uh, Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Jameson Tyone. How many pitchers do you expect to end up with when it's all said and done? Yeah, so I don't know what your general plan is for the Rasball. I like to do the cut lines. So I kind of I, I use the same plan. And the difference between the cut line and this is uh, cut lines are 10 teams and these are 12. I still have the same plan. I'm just filling it with lesser players, but I, I shoot for around 17 pitchers and uh, maybe uh, I, I go for four catchers, six middle infielders, six corners, nine outfielders, and then around 17 pitchers with a caveat. We talked about Javier Baez. He's second in shortstop. He counts twice towards my six middle infielders. So the more, multiple eligibility players I grab, the more I could sort of double up at some other or, or add add flex, add coverage at other spots. Mm-hmm. And pitching is the place, pitching an outfield is the place where I'm going to be looking for my 10th, my 10th outfielder where I knew, normally may have nine, right? Or looking for uh, extra, extra players at the, at, 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 at pitcher. I normally shoot for 17. I may have 18 or 19, because I'm a, I'm able to grab 
knock on wood, el- multiple eligibility guys previous. And I did. I grabbed Joey Wendell and Eugenio Suarez along with Baez. And I did grab Tutsugu for first base and outfield. All right. I grabbed Alfaro, who's catcher in outfield. I'm not counting him in the outfield. I'm, I mean, I'm, if he, if he, if he has a great week and happens to make him my fifth outfielder one week, okay. Uh, you know, maybe Nola gets hurt and he plays four days a week or something. But, you know, when I, in my math, Alfaro, I'm not including him as one of my uh, outfielders as far as coverage goes. My draft board through 10 rounds, I don't have a single multi eligibility player. Cody Bellinger's not anymore, is he? Nope. But, you know, with Muncie, with Max Muncie hurt, maybe, we don't know. Yeah. At the beginning of the year. Although yeah. Bellinger's really grown into a very good center fielder, right? And I mean, they have Edwin Rios, who could maybe play first. Right. If right. Muncy's forced to miss a little time. Right. Uh, but do you think this is a mistake for me? Am I going to have to prioritize multi-positional eligibility? Or is it kind of, uh, well, do you think I can make do without a ton of those guys? Well, I mean, look where I got. I mean, I, the, the guys I just mentioned, I got Wendell on the 24th. Yeah. I got Suarez in the 19th. They're there, right? I got Tetsugo in the 27th. So yeah, I, up until I, yeah, up until I started taking them, I only had bias. And I don't, I mean, I draft, I mean, I'm, okay, it's nice that he has second base, but in order for him to be at second base, you know, it's, it, you know, it just has to mean that, that Wendell and, or Suarez just had a, you know, a ridiculously good week, right? So yeah. I'm actually kind of nervous that I, I wish I had better coverage at shortstop with, um, with, with Baez as my top guy. So I may try to sneak in. I'm going to have to see who's available. I may have to use one of those kind of free, air quote, free spots because of my multiple eligibility for a shortstop guy. Now I'm looking, this is Paul DeYoung maybe. There's some people that have DeYoung on a, on a bounce back list. Um, so maybe 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 a Paul DeYoung, um, Miguel Rojas, and eh, Gregorius. Eh. So I'm kind of, uh, I, I don't have a lot of uh, darts to throw. At the shortstop position, I kind of just box myself into that hole, but um, we'll, we'll have to see. But again, though, uh, there's Fab. You never know. Yeah, those two Fab dates are important. I, I think I missed one last year, but then I spent like all 1,000 the second one. I'm going to try to uh, not miss the first one this year. I'm going to try to get Luis Urias this next round, I think, because, again, I don't have a multi-positional eligibility. He brings three-position eligibility to the yep. table. And that'd be pretty nice. And then maybe I could get a guy like Josh Rojas uh, yeah. to build in a little bit more. So, yeah, there are some players, but through 10 rounds without a single multi-eligibility guy does make me uh, a little bit nervous here, to be to be frank. Um, Todd, let me ask you a little bit about um, some of the guys still available in my league. Uh, not for selfish reasons, not like, you know, <laughs> to, to gauge – how I should be uh, taking who I should be taking next. But, um, you know, we talked about some of those catchers that we were drafting. We took uh, Will Smith early. Adley Rutschman's still there. And in these leagues where you don't have to, you know, you don't have to weigh, you don't have to, you know, time them well as far as when you're using these guys, you just get the best of the best. Should Adley Rutschman be gone already? Should he be going soon? I think that, okay, we have to maybe you know when we do rankings, there's a flaw in valuation. It assumes the player is active every week of the year, and no one else fits in that spot. So if Rushman doesn't start, he's penalized overall. But on a per week basis, 
yeah, he's so what I think you need to do if you draft an Adley Rushman is draft your third catcher pretty early so that you have somebody pretty good to to make up for those weeks and then you have a really good backup and you really don't need your fourth catcher till till much much later or maybe you just you know take whoever you feel is going to be Baltimore's main catcher you know and not not all that great but you know you just you go that route and and you t- you try to pair him up cuz well right now it's Jacob Nottingham I don't know. Well, he's on, I think I put him on the depth chart just because he was on a minor league. Deal. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, yeah. you know, maybe they bring in, um, I'm trying to think, Kurt Suzuki's available. Mm. I'm trying to think of some, you know, Wilson Ramos, who I wouldn't want them to bring in because he's not very good. Mm-hmm. But maybe they bring in a veteran. Yeah, I can't I can't see them. I can't see it being Nottingham. So, unfortunately, that that narrative doesn't work so well with uh with with rushman on the other hand though it does kind of say i mean who else would they use maybe they maybe they just have it preconceived that they're just gonna use rushman whenever chirinos is out there who's not a terrible catcher uh maybe they just figure they're gonna use rushman early on yeah who knows? yeah i think well we still don't know how the service time there's situation is gonna be yeah uh changed if at all but yeah, that's that's going to be tough to figure out. Now you took uh, you mentioned you waited in the outfield. You took Hunter Renfro, Lourdes Gurriel, Evisil Garcia, uh, Mark Canha, Mike Yastrzemski, Connor Joe. Um, so yeah, you will have to to load up with outfielders. Can you tip your hand and mention some of the ones you're maybe targeting? I don't yeah. want to make it's, you give it, away too much. That's fine. I know, and I know they're listening too because people have asked me for the link and. Whatever my life, my fantasy life's an open book. What I what I try to do in best ball, I try to do it in five by five too, but it's just less less effective. I try to find I, uh, rankings are rankings. Again, they, they 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 average things out. Someone like I don't I think Tyler Naquin's already gone, so I can you know talk about him without tipping my hand. I love a guy like Tyler Naquin in this sort of a league. Because he's got, he checks two of my boxes, and my, the boxes are: give me a reason in a particular week he's going to just be above his normal. You know, if you take his expectations, his points, and divide by twenty-six, whatever the number is, a hundred. I don't know whatever the number is. There will be weeks where he's one hundred and twenty. There'll be weeks when he's seventy. I want the one hundred and twenty weeks. He's a left-handed hitter, so the weeks that he's facing a lot of righty pitching, and the weeks where the Reds have seven games at home because it's such a good hitting park. So I try to find players that will have some kind of an edge in a given week. And, and that's it, kind of Connor Joe in that yep, regard. Exactly. The, exactly. Uh, of course, field um, games. I just picked up Cole Calhoun. Now, mm-hmm. the park edge isn't nearly as significant as it was in previous years, but he's probably playing every day for Texas, and when he faces a few righties, I, I kind of like it. Uh, even Satsugo has got a, a pretty pretty strong, or you know, got the platoon, uh, the, the platoon on his side. Yastrzemski, I don't like the park, but there's well, actually he's pretty good against right, lefties too. Uh, kind of, there's no platoon; it's just he's playing every day. So once you know, once we get to the, oh, I got two Miami outfielders, Garcia and Kana. Hope for a lot of wind blowing out in Miami. Well, Kana's uh, with the Mets. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right. Um, so I hope, hope same it, division. It, it, 
in my not just that the park is it's I was thinking in my head there's two two parks I don't Spacious like parks, but they're yeah. playing right they're both playing every day so what I try to do at this point is is find outfielders that for one reason or another I feel they have an edge I mean um, looking at you know looking who's still available Hunter Dozier Pavin Smith Minnie Margot Rafael Ortega I don't know it that gets any of pretty the- darn ugly there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and now we're into my backup stuff. Fortunately, yeah. I'm looking for my eighth. You know, you're looking at it like you've got three. Out, you know, but I've, I've yeah, got, I'm in the tenth. I'm in the eleventh round. Yeah, I got seven or eight outfielders already. So, you know, we're looking. I've got. Well, okay, Alfaro's there, so I've got eight outfielders already. So I'm not. You know, it's not. You know, they're not so bad. Once you've already got. Once you've already got this many. So, but um, you know, yeah. I, I I like Ortega because he plays every day, but there's some risk there because. Will they continue to run, you know, cycling back to what we talked about earlier on? Because some of some of the numbers are from speed. Um, Pavin Smith, I just I guess I need to review the Arizona depth chart a little more because if if I feel he'll play against every single right-handed batter, right-handed pitcher, then he fits this category. He fits the the platoon mode. Mm. You know, I don't like the park. Yeah. Jock Peterson, David Peralta, these are all guys I should be looking at because of the of, of the splits many Margot is 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 Jason Collette's uh you know dart because if Kiermaier's traded Margot's suddenly a, a regular Hunter Dozier's on the list and I can't I can't you know he's actually he's not in my he's on I don't my list it's somewhere else but I'm looking at the the ADP of what's there I I can't I can't give a good justification for taking Hunter Dozier so yeah that's a tough one <laughs> so he won't be on my list I was going to question you being a Connor Joe guy, but realistically in this format, you don't have to be, you know, <laughs> just, he's one of a slew of outfielders who, you know, when he has a good game at cores, he'll get in your lineup. It's not really like a, oh, he, it's not really an endorsement of Connor Joe. No, he, to say that he crushes it at cores is not a surprise to say that he hit righties better than lefties is not a surprise. But, you know, so he just – and I think he'll play. I think that, that – I don't see Colorado – I mean, there's some – you know, what if Kyle Schwarber – I don't I don't see Colorado making that move. So I think Connor Joe will play. Now, last year he filled in for Chrome when he got hurt, and then he filled in with Tappy when he got hurt. With the DH, I think they'll find a spot. And he was good defensively at both spots. He could be better at first base than Chrome, hmm. to be honest. He could be a better fielder. It's just um, crazy how – you know, these different variations of fantasy baseball are just different games entirely. Oh, for sure. And you have to treat them as such. I wrote an article for our magazine years ago about, you know, knowing your format. And I kind of made fun of myself for years to come because it is, it does seem so obvious, but it really should be point A with your prep. You got to know your format and know how things change for your form. No, for sure. And, and that's what we kind of alluded to it when we first started talking that's what makes talking about points so difficult is because the relative, you know, one player to another is different per format. And all right. So, you know, we're going to, we're on the radio and someone calls up and says, um, I'm in a points league. Should I make this trade? You know, by the time you ask them to give you the scoring system and the number of teams, you know, half the people listening have switched stations. Mm-hmm. It's just difficult. Whereas in five by five, you know, we, we all right. Twelve team is different than fifteen. I mean, yeah, but still, we kind of have a general feel, right? When you hear two guys, you have a, a pretty good idea. All right, maybe ask if it's twelve or fifteen, but that's all you need to know. Five by five, you know, you, you, unless they say it's an OBP league, 
we're kind of tuned in and we kind of can give our answer without pressing for too many details. Unfortunately, that's not the way it is in points. Yeah, because, yeah, things differ so greatly from Roto and within points leagues. The scoring systems vary so so yeah. much, and it is hard. But you have to you have to kind of push past those preconceived notions you may have playing roto when playing and switching to a a best ball points league. It can be tough changing those mindsets, and I, I struggle with it myself. Uh, but I'm trying to build the best team I can here in the Raz Slam, and uh, I took Dansby Swanson. Jeff Erickson made a good point that. He's one of those rare cases where you know he kind of broke out, and certainly the postseason he broke out, and then his ADP drops. Like everybody <laughs> hoping Swanson breaks out, then when he finally does, nobody wants him anymore. He's boring now. Uh, but I think this is a. Uh, I liked him last year. I think this is still a good time to buy Dansby Swanson. Right. The um, I got him in an auction. I did an auction this week. My first NFPC auction this year. It, it's in the the, uh, the they call it what the GTD. Greg Ambrosius, Tom Kessenek, and Derek Butcher uh, auction that the three of them, you know, they can't play their own contest, but we have a private league where we we, we get together, they play it. And so that was this week, and I picked up Swanson. Uh, I think part, I mean, I don't know the reason, but part of it is with Acuna being hurt for a lot of last year, Swanson moved up in the lineup. If everybody's healthy, Acuna, uh, Albies, We'll see what Freeman does. And then with Austin Riley, you know, establishing himself, et cetera, he may be maybe pushed down the lineup. I don't think that that's the reason, though. That to me, you know, that should be the reason. I think I don't know what the reason is, but to me, you know, he, he, he could lose some playing time relative to last season just because of that. Just feels like maybe shortstop so deep that he just gets lost in the shuffle a little There's bit. There's that. Yes. Yeah. Want another option, yeah. or they already grabbed a shortstop, so they're looking elsewhere. But just doesn't seem like the price is oh, is uh, on par with his skills. Here. Especially maybe Willie Adamas is the is this guy. But I mean, last year, I, this year I'm not sure. I have to think about it, but I can take a look. Last year he was like the last of the tier before you got into the the next tier, and you didn't want to <laughs> do that. Uh, maybe Adamas is that player this year. Um, and so because of, because of there's still, if I don't get Swanson, I can still get Adamus. Maybe people are passing on Swanson. Yeah. It seems like maybe there's just always one to address another need and then maybe hoping Swanson's still there, but yeah. it does seem like he's, I think his ADP is lower than it was last draft season, which is kind of hard to believe with Dan yeah. Swanson. Well, Todd, before we move on, I have to take care of a little bit of business here. Hope you'll bear with me and then we will. Be back to talk a little bit more Raz Slam and best ball. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. 
Also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research, focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Then finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, Todd, as we gear up, uh, well, to head into March, do you have optimism that we're uh, going to get a full season in, or do you think Monday is going to be a, a day of reckoning with games? Maybe I am. The, I'm a glass three quarters full kind of guy. I don't know if it's because my vocation, my hobby, and my passion are all the same thing. Uh, so I, I don't know how much of this is being driven by. I kind of have to have it. Yeah, but I'm in that same boat myself. The gla- I'm, I'm no longer a glass three quarters guy. Let's call it. I'm a glass fifty one percent full guy. I am seeing. I, I'm seeing signs of. You know, I don't know. It's it seems it definitely at this point, it seems like the sides are playing chicken. Now I'm not going to go all all Jim Bowden and say that the players are you know need to you know, completely flip. I do think they need to be. I think they need to come down. I mean, have to realize they're not going to get what they're asking, and at least ask a little bit more reasonably. I'm a pro player to the core on this, but I think they still have to be somewhat reasonable about about their asks. Um, I don't know when I actually just tweeted this out. I don't know enough about the ins and outs and, and what's going on and the, the legalese, all that stuff. But it just seems to me from where I sit, the ability to pull extended playoffs off the table. Isn't that just a huge hammer for the I mean, players? Yeah. I mean, MLB has got, I didn't say the MLB MLB has got a contract for playoff coverage that assumes more teams. Hmm. So, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's like you, you, when you do a fantasy trade, assuming, you know, that, that you're going to, you, you are, you made a trade, assuming you were going to make this other trade and this other trade falls through and you, you can't even set a legal lineup now. It's like, you know, you, you, you kind of, to me, I don't know. So maybe I'm overplaying. Maybe that card isn't as strong as I think, but it seems to me, you want to talk about leverage and power. That's, that's kind of the, the biggest chip of either side. I know the, the owners can say, you know, we, we, you know, you don't get paid, but um, I don't know. So I guess I'd like to think at some point they hold, they they put that card out. I know it's been reported that MLB has uh, MLBPA has said that they will, they will in fact not accept expanded playoffs. If if MLB uh, cancels games, but I don't think it's been out there as strong as the MLB proclamation about losing games. So um, we'll see. I mean, I'm just holding my breath for Monday. I mean, this is yeah. it. I mean, this is yeah. the time we all dreaded coming into this in December and before that, uh, the possibility of canceled games. And they've said that those games will not be made up. So, well, they can't unsay it, right? There's no reason. True, true. If they don't. Monday, they've set as their their deadlines. We'll just yep. have to wait and see. Anything well, Mon- else? Oh, I'm sorry. 
Obviously, Monday's the deadline to start the season. It doesn't mean they'll stop talking. It just means that they're, you know, there could be canceled games if no deal by Monday. Yeah. Anything else, best ball or Raz Slam related on your mind? Um, I think, you know what? I, we talk a lot of TGFBI and it gets a lot of headlines and a lot of love. I mean, I think, you know, I, let's, let's give some, let's give a, you know, a shout out to Rudy and Gray and the, the guys over in Donkey Teeth over at Razzlam, Razzball for putting this thing together. I think it's kind of cool. It's a growing uh, segment of the fantasy landscape. We, we talked about it big time at the first pitch in Arizona. We had a, se- a, a seminar on it. And it was a lot of buzz. So I, I let, you know, let's give them, you know, let's give them a little bit of a, you know, plaudits for having the foresight to recognize this growing portion of the industry and to put this thing together. Yeah. No easy task to organize this many leagues and the overall contests like this. So yeah, thanks to all the guys at Razzball for this. It's as I mentioned earlier, not really like my strong suit, but that's all the more reason to play in these and get better and, and learn a new format. That's a, little bit different for me so i'm having fun hopefully uh my draft uh, picks it up a little bit but no i've (laughs) i've been slow too so i can't really talk i wanted to just say you know in that first pitch arizona speakers draft that we wrapped up not related to raz slam that's a roto league not a a best ball league uh but one of my last picks i i took a placeholder for Roberto Ramos, who your your Red Sox signed, so I have Tristan Casas and Roberto Ramos. So I guess I'm a, a Bobby Dalbeck fader in the end, um, which I know Derek Cardi in the bat would disagree with. So he would say to go get Bobby Dalbeck, uh, but I think there may be an opportunity for Casas or Ramos. I have not projected Ramos yet. There was someone that I did add on. I forget who it was. Someone that, that came over. I don't at this point. Don't remember. It was a pitcher. Hitter who just, no, I, I, I had him already. There was another, oh, nice. someone else. I think it was a reliever, I, but, but yeah, someone who just kind of, who just, just hadn't been. I know you have Robert Suarez. No, yeah. Someone more. Some actually I could probably figure it out if I really, really wanted to, but no, I have not, I have not projected Ramos yet. Um, so. I mean, he may not even, you know, get back into back on to a 40 man roster, but with right. the DH and the NL, maybe he spends spring training with the Red Sox. They release him and he signs with an NL team. That's possible. Too. Oh yeah. There's yeah, the, the possibilities, as they say, are endless. Um, so I remember yeah. watching him in the KBO like, when there was no baseball in 2020 and being really impressed and kind of baffled that the Rockies just let him go. See, I didn't, I, I didn't get caught up in that wave. So I, uh, I, I actually, had you know, to for work, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I should have, but I, but I didn't. I didn't get caught up in that wave. But um, you know, that was a weird a, time. <laughs> man, of course, yeah. The uh, I mean, because he's a Red Sox signee, of course. I, you know, I then went and checked him out. But I just, I didn't, I had no recall of Ramos with the Rockies and this, that, the other thing. So we'll see. I mean, of course, I hope Casas, you know, crushes it and Devers does this, and we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But um. Dahlbeck, I mean, I've been saying it, and people are, it's been kind of going, I mean, I know people don't believe me or don't care, whatever, but uh, the difference in Dolby, Bobby Dahlbeck was, I mean, obviously Bobby the strikeout drop, drop, but if you go granular, he, and I may have written our site 
or site profile. I may have included in the in the site outlook, but he improved vastly or vastly improved against off speed and breaking balls. And it wasn't just the strikeout rate. He added a couple of extra miles an hour of exit velocity against both offerings or both types of offerings, whether it was recognition or Mm -hmm. Kyle Schwarber getting in his ear. I mean, something. I mean, so people saying, ah, there's no way you can keep up that strikeout drop. Well, if he, if he did truly learn how to recognize off speed and how to recognize uh, breaking balls better, all right, this, you know, now it's a mat. Now we're back into that adjustment game. Okay, so pitchers know this; they find another weakness, and can he adjust back? But I, I, to me, it's you can't. We couldn't have do this a few years ago because we didn't have this. We didn't have this data. Oh no, there's no way you can keep up. You know, with Matt Olson, there's no way you can keep up that strikeout improvement. But when you look to see where it came from, you can at least make a better educated guess as to whether it's real or or what. So with Dawback. I am actually. I think I did look at Olson's, and I don't remember what I thought. But with Dahlbeck, I'm all right. Is he going to keep the, the second half pace up? Heck no. But I think you can say his strikeout rate is going to be improved. I saw his projection projection on Derek Cardi's the bat and the bat X, and yeah, they're they're really aggressive on Bobby Dahlbeck. So maybe I'm missing something with him, but. Um, I do like Casas quite a bit in that system. Mm-hmm. Anything else on your mind, Todd? I just want to say before we sign off, congrats to all the FSWA award winners yesterday, including our own John McKechnie for college football writer of the year and Andrew Laird for soccer writer of the year. Congrats to all the winners and the new additions to the FSWA hall of fame as well. Yep. And um, I'll add a little bit and then give us both a little bit of a plug. Uh, I don't think Andy Barron's gets enough credit for the work he puts in as president of the FSWA. And so a little shout out for Andy for, uh, for, for all you do. And uh, I get the cats out of the bag as it were. Jeff and Liz had their last show uh, yesterday on Sirius. And, you know, as Jeff likes to say, we have a very deep roster, a legion of millions to take, take uh, Liz's place. And I'll be doing the, the serious show through the baseball season with Jeff on Monday and Tuesday and I think uh, you and you and J- you and James have Wednesday and Thursday, and um, you know yep. once football starts, they'll boot us off again. But I'm looking forward to working with Jeff and and, and getting a couple extra days of uh, of, uh, of 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 hearing me on the air. I'm going to miss Monday because uh, I have some dental work going on. And Tuesday, we're doing the Tout Wars 12 team uh, draft with innings pitched instead of wins and so- saves and holds instead of save. So we jump into that on Tuesday. Uh, that I'm, I'm taking, we're flipping with James. So I'll be on in the middle of the week uh, to make up for it. So just, I think we both are, uh, you know, kind of, you know, looking forward to a, 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 you know, poor Jeff has to break in three guys, not just one. <laughs> yeah. With no baseball to talk about, it's going to be uh, interesting, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be on with Jeff on yeah Thursdays and then farm Friday with James on Friday. And then James and I again on, Saturdays and then you and I on Saturdays on MLB network radio. So we'll have you covered. Hopefully we get games soon. We'll be uh, continuing to preview the 2022 fantasy baseball season. Hope you'll join us next week here on the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast sponsored by WinBet. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.